Today on the 3AM Coney, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow's inevitability, why his attitude and approach makes him something you cannot avoid. Plus, Colin Coward said about the dumbest thing we've ever heard him say regarding Joe Burrow and an NFL legend. Plus, how high do we allow ourselves to dream about the Cincinnati Bengals? 3AM Coney starts right now. A lot of us listening to this podcast have a lot of experience growing up at Ohio, and uh, and most of us listening to this podcast, I imagine, are Bengals fans. And I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like a shared lesson that all of us that grew up in the state, um, and really throughout the Midwest, but specifically the state of Ohio, specifically in the era of, you know, collapsing industry, and. Uh, a real economic shift in the region. This idea that no matter who you are, what your talent level is, you know, what you're made of, if you show up and do the work and just keep grinding and keep pushing, you will find success. There's an inevitability about it when you were taught that, when, when that lesson was instilled in you. And I know I'm not the only one. And whether it's about school or work or practice for sports or whatever it is, that is an Ohio-type value. It really is. Just keep working. Just keep going. Just do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and try to do that next thing right, and the results will come. It will come together. Just believe it, and it'll happen. And that attitude is distilled down into one player. And if you're familiar with this podcast, you know who it is. But there's something about when you watch Joe Burrow drive down the field, when you watch Joe Burrow dissect a defense, 416 yards and three touchdowns in Baltimore, the only other player to do that was Peyton Manning. And there's only been a few guys to do it at home. He's, he's one of the only players in his first 20 games to throw two-plus touchdown passes in seven straight games. The only other guy in the modern era is Patrick Mahomes. When he's doing these things, when he's marching, it's not insane. It's not immaculate. It's not over the top. It's not wow. It's inevitable. And although people from Ohio admittedly uh, we aren't the flashiest. Uh, I don't think it's a necessarily flashy state. But we show up on time. Make sure that the work gets done. And that 9 to 5 grind it, extra hours, over the top preparation, that, to me, is a really defining feature of Joe Burrow, of the Cincinnati Bengals, of the inevitability of it all of why does it feel like it's not incredible, yet when you look at the numbers, they are. And it's because of his preparation. And Joe talks about that nonstop, and we talked about this nonstop on the show, how this was the game for Joe Burrow to prove his inevitability. To prove that once he learns what you want to do to him defensively, 
you better change your plan because once he knows it, he's going to dominate it. And we we mentioned those stats about him, his two and one now three and one record when he sees a defense the second time. And we've noticed that with this third quarter production, Bengals' best third quarter team in the league. Why? Joe Burrow gets into halftime. He saw what your defensive plan is. It's hard to shift your whole game plan heading into the third quarter. These are the same things we saw Peyton Manning, Tom Brady do just a decade ago when they were playing together. And if you and I say that, and you're like, oh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, blah, 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 blah. Well, let's stop being crazy here because Joe Burrow just did something that only Peyton Manning has ever done. And he did it in his second year. So it's not crazy to bring those guys up. And always the caveat I've heard with Joe Burrow. Always the caveat. Well, you know, for him to be a Super Bowl quarterback, he's got to have a Manning-Brady brain. And that's just impossible. Why is that impossible? Why is it impossible that a kid that grew up with two older brothers who played Division I football and had a head and had a head coach, a, a defensive coordinator in his family, a Division I defensive coordinator, was one of the longest tenured assistant coaches in Division I football. That's his dad. Like, why is it that crazy? Why is it insane to some people? Why is it unfathomable that there can't there can't ever be a guy that can dissect the game of football like Manning, like Brady? I'd even make the argument it's more likely over time. There's been more football. There's been more to watch and to learn from and to see and to grow and develop. And everybody in every generation in every field always stands on the shoulders of giants. And that's what we're seeing Joe Burrow do. And that brings us to what Colin Cowherd said. I, if you follow the 3 a.m. Coney on Twitter, which I highly recommend you do, uh, we posted this tweet. It went off uh, 60,000 views. Dan Horde was talking about it. Bengals Jim with the retweet. And it was an interesting comment from Colin Coward. It really stuck out to me. And that's why I, I shared it on the page because this idea that he's about to say, this is just hating the Bengals. And in fact, I would have much rather Colin Coward come out and said, hey, Joe Burrow's not going to win a Super Bowl because he plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Not this idea that, well, Joe Montana, well, you just got to listen to it. Let's listen to Colin, and then I'll break it down. Uh, Phil Sims said that Joe Burrow is a modern-day Joe Montana. And I thought to myself, that's really not the standard of what I'm looking for. And I love Joe Montana. What I'm looking for is Mahomes and Josh Allen. 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", wildly powerful arm, can, can a plus mobility, can run around. Let me stop it here just to say that the tallest current Hall of Fame quarterback is Peyton Manning at 6'5". So this 6'5", 6'6", crap really has got to stop, okay? Like 6'5", has been the max for Hall of Fame quarterbacks in history. And the last I checked, the only surefire guy that's above six foot five that's headed for the hall. Oh, wait, I don't think there's anybody. But anyway, I digress. Back to Colin. If you look at football today, you see it every weekend with a lot of teams. No running back sets. No, no running backs. Four wideouts. Oh, guess who runs the most empty sets in the league? The Cincinnati Bengals. Because of the scheme changes, 
and the innovations and advances in football by coaches and because of the rule changes, the standard has changed for quarterbacks. I'm not looking for the next Joe Montana. I'm looking for the next Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Saying you're looking for the next Joe Montana is like in basketball saying you're looking for the next Tim Duncan. Both are a compliment. I'm not looking for the next Tim Duncan. I want some. Probably why you wouldn't last as a NBA GM there, Colin. But he is big as Duncan that can shoot threes. I'm looking for the next Kevin Durant. Uh, don't get me wrong. Saying the next Montana, oh, that's nice. Saying you're the next Duncan, oh, that's nice. That's not the standard. Because of analytic changes in basketball and rule changes, I am looking for the next Kevin Durant. And in football, I am looking for the next Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And so the comps have changed. I'm not looking for the next Chrysler. I'm looking for the next Tesla. I'm not looking for the next landline phone. I'm waiting for the next iPhone. If Joe Burrow's comp is Joe Montana, I think in 2021 football, you win a lot of games. You probably don't win a Super Bowl. And there you have it. The most insane thing I've ever heard. So, I, you know, a little bit of my background before I tear into this. I've been listening to Colin since I was 10 years old. And I thought from all the years that I had listened to this man's show, he had explained to me over and over again, and, and to the point that I agree with him, he explained to me, well, you people get over, they get caught up in, ooh, the pretty arm and the big arm, and ooh, he's six foot six, and he's super, people get caught up in that stuff. But go look at who wins Super Bowls. Go look who has sustained long-term success at the quarterback position. It's about the brain. It's about the brain. Not just the brain, but the ability to handle pressure situations, which I, I guess you could say is the brain as well. The ability to play better when the lights get brighter. Those things you can't measure. That's what I was told for so long by Colin Coward to look for. Those things that define Joe Montana. Those things who, by the way, Joe Montana, the last time the Bengals were on the top of the AFC North after seven weeks, back in 2015, so the, just six years ago, when the last time that happened, the Bengals were this good, Joe Montana was considered the great, the consensus, argument over, consensus, greatest player of all time. And Brady was just starting to sneak in. And then the 28-3 comeback and the whatever he cements it. But we are not that far removed from Joe Montana being the greatest football player of all time. And you have the audacity because he can't throw 80 yards down the field to, to compare Joe Montana to a landline phone, to a Chrysler. I mean, here, Trey Lance, he's, he's your six foot five, beautiful arm. Oh my God, he can run like a deer. It's unbelievable, Trey Lance. Ask 49er fans right now. Would they rather have 24-year-old Joe Montana or Trey Lance right now? Well, by Colin's own argument here, they would take Trey Lance because, well, Joe Montana could never win a Super Bowl in the modern NFL. It's so ridiculous that he didn't, I don't think this is, this is going to be one of those takes he burns away forever. And you cannot burn this away forever because it's time and time again, we're searching for excuses of why the Bengals are good. We're searching for excuses 
for why Joe Burrow is good. We're searching for excuses for this thing. There are no excuses. This was inevitable. This shouldn't be a shock. This shouldn't be a surprise. This shouldn't be an, oh, wow, I didn't see this coming. Because anybody that's been paying close enough attention to what Joe Burrow has been since he decided to transfer from Ohio State, from the very first stories of him showing up to August camp at LSU and winning every single sprint, every single sprint, winning it, earning respect from a locker room without having any starts, earning enough respect in a year he didn't even play that great for LSU to have the most transformative offseason a college football program has ever gone through. That was inevitable. Why? Because Joe Burrow understands how to put in the work. He's a consummate professional. He said at LSU, this is, this is a quote, that he treated LSU, he never even went on campus, he treated it like he was a professional quarterback. And that all he's wanted to do his entire life, since he got the opportunity to play quarterback back when he was 15 years old, all he's wanted to do his entire life, all he's wanted is to be paid to play football. That's all he's wanted. Just to every week, wake up, try to break down a defense on film, fall in love with the preparation, fall in love with the reps, and just keep winning games. It's inevitable. It's sustainable. It's repeatable. It is special. And that's what we all got to understand what's happening right now. This isn't Carson Palmer in 2005. This isn't Andy Dalton in 2000. Like, this is not something that's ever happened in Bengals history. This is not something that's really happened a lot of times in NFL history. What's happening right now with Joe Burrow and the culture change happening with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you go, well, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has 700 yards. Jamar Chase, 750 yards. There's your thing. It's not connected to Joe Burrow. They tossed him in this offense. He's the big reason they're 5-2. and two. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Except, oh God, we go back and look at Jamar Chase's LSU career. And you start looking at his quotes, why he got better, where he improved. Joe Burrow. Well, I, Joe Burrow taught me how to watch film. He said that even after the game on Sunday. He said, Joe Burrow really helped me with the film sessions in college. Same thing with Justin Jefferson. Why is it that these two guys, there's been a lot of great players at LSU, and Odell Beckham burst right onto the scene. Odell Beckham, amazing talent. But there's so many guys at LSU. How many guys have breakouts like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase did? It's like they were ready for the NFL. It's like they prepared with an NFL quarterback. It's like they were taught the nuances of route structures, the nuances of coverages. It's like they were taught football. They learned it in in, in a special way that made them special players. And so, yes, Jamar Chase is the X factor on this team offensively. And we'll get to the defense in just a second. Yes, Jamar Chase is a factor. But Jamar Chase is only able to accomplish this because of Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow is now, and Joe Burrow understands this more than anybody, he's only able to accomplish all of this because his teammates have elevated to his level. And that's the disadvantage that the 2020 Bengals had. They only met Joe Burrow over Zoom. Yeah, well, I saw him at LSU, and he seems like a good leader, but how much leadership can you do over Zoom? How much example setting can you do on a video conference? I don't think you could do any. But this year, 
full offseason. One of the most underrated storylines of the year is the Bengals had 100% participation in voluntary camp. 100%. Every guy that needed to rehab in the offseason made the opening day. That's a lot of hard work and dedication in the rehab room. Do you think anybody takes a day off in the rehab room when Joe Burrow doesn't? They saw it. They saw the work. They saw the grind. And this knee injury, it it wasn't the best thing that could have ever happened to Joe Burrow. But for everybody else to see his full character, I mean, what else could a guy go through to prove to you that he's for real, that he's all ball, that he's not going to give up? He's not going to let anything phase him. And that's why one of the biggest believers on the team was the guy that sat with him in the rehab room in CJ Uzama. Right? These things are inevitable. These things are special. Um, and you just, we all need to understand this, that, that when it feels inevitable, him moving down the field, that's because he's mastered the, the, the position at times. It's not insane. It's not immaculate. Sometimes it's not even memorable. But it's inevitable. And inevitability is sustainable in the NFL. It wins you a lot of games over a lot of years with a lot of teams and a lot of players. So get ready for the ride. Okay, how high should we allow our hopes to get? Final segment of the show, and it brings us to the defense. And I've been having a conversation with my friend Max McDoolin. We'll have the conversation with Matt tomorrow. Um, We'll have a video show, Spotify, making it much easier uh, for us to upload video podcasts. So we're excited to do that. But... When we talk about how high you should allow your hopes to get, this goes back to me admitting I'm wrong on something. My ideal offseason, if I were the general manager of the Cincinnati Bengals, what I would have done is I would have just said, screw the defense. No investments. We're going to protect Joe Burrow. We're going to stock load that offensive line. I'm not going to take risks with second and sixth round draft picks and Deontay Smith and Jackson Carmen. I'm just going to make sure that the offense has the ability to be a top five unit. And if the defense finishes 30th, I don't care. That makes us miss the playoffs, whatever. I was dead wrong on that. Because the Cincinnati Bengals have threaded the needle in terms of roster building. I said that there were a bunch of holes on the sinking ship. And it's a pretty stupid idea when you've got a big, you should fill that big gaping hole first, make sure the water's not coming in instead of just trying to barely plug up every hole. Well, they went the barely plug up every hole strategy. And I guess Joe Burrow is like that super sticky glue. that they, they, And he just, it, it helped cement it all up. Hard work, development from young players in the right free agent signings. Ogan Joby, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader from two years ago. Uh, Mike Hilton has been incredible. Awuja has been incredible. They all work. They all hit. The, all the holes got filled. So this risky strategy of we're going to fix it all and we're going to do it in one offseason. That was the highest ceiling strategy and it, it worked. It worked. And this is a legitimate top five defense. And that's why when you ask, how, how high dare, should I dare dream? How much should my, should my cynicism be up? How, how beware should I be of this Cincinnati Bengals team in terms of the heartbreak meter? And this is coming from a guy that protects himself emotionally every Sunday morning, okay? I am very, very emotionally fragile regarding the Cincinnati Bengals. But because of this defense, you are allowed to dream whatever you want. Because I cannot sit here on this show and tell you to pump the brakes. I can't because this is the Joe Burrow experience. 
where the offense is just electric, it's explosive, it's inevitable, it will move, and that just pumps juice into the defense. And the fact that the signings hit means the defense is pretty talented. I'd say top 12 talent. They're not very deep in some places, you know. Maybe some corner depth is not there. Top 12, top 10, top 8 maybe in terms of talent. But because of the juice of the team, because of the effort, because of the the swarming nature of it all, because they're not on the field as much, that elevates them into a top five unit. It's complementary football of the highest level. Um, And that's what they're executing right now. And because they're executing that on defense, you can dream whatever dream you want to dream with the Cincinnati Bengals. For me right now, it is a failure abject disaster, fire him now, failure, if this team doesn't make the playoffs. This is a playoff team, at least. For me to believe in Zach Taylor, as in this guy can win us a Super Bowl, because I'm emotionally protective, I'm going to have to see a playoff win, and then I'll be like, oh my God, we're definitely going to win the Super Bowl. But it would be absolutely crazy for me to sit on this show, tell myself, tell you, tell anybody, don't believe in this team. They're not ready yet after what we just saw. That would be insane for me to say because every number I'm looking at, every metric I've run, every team comparison I've done on pro football reference, every single thing I look at screams, yeah, this team could, could win the AFC. They could. 100% could. Because if you just go one-on-one matchups, with every team that they would have to play in the AFC, you see not only paths for winning, but arguments for why they might be the better team. And that'll start to prove itself out every week. And because they're so young in spots, there's room for it to grow. Dream the dream, Bengals fans. Dream the dream. This isn't, I I don't think this, I think this team's better than 05. I think it's better than 15. And it's because of the elite quarterback. And I don't think they'll shrink under the bright lights. In fact, I think we are going to have one of the most interesting experiences, Bengals fans. We're going to want night games. We're going to want them in bigger games. I think they're going to be a letdown team. Once we get into this thing two to three years down the road, I think they're going to be a letdown team. That You know, they play at 1 p.m. They play down to their con- Like, that's more likely at this point than them failing in under the bright lights consistently. I, I think you've got a bright light team. You've got a big-time team. You've got a winning football team with a special quarterback, really good defense, and and an underrated organization. So dream the dream. Dream the dream. And I'll dream it with you. Fun times. More fun than, than I can frankly remember. I mean, definitely 2015, but that was Andy Dalton where you're like, I still don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl. But now, anything's possible.